Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today, as always. We are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Folks, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways already today is a big old friday the last friday before the divisional round of the playoffs oh my or the conference championships we're not divisional anymore conference championships this weekend absolutely cannot wait we started to talk about it yesterday on the show, and today we're coming at you with our official picks. We're feeling very, very confident on how one game is going to go, but we're still a little iffy on how the other game is going to go. So we are going to have to do a little bit of investigative here, maybe a little bit of film study, because these two teams faced each other earlier in the season. So we can look back, and it happened you know, in within like the first 10 weeks of the season. So we can go back, see how that matchup played out, see... If both of those change, if if both of those teams have changed it all throughout the entire season, and maybe give us a little bit more into um, you know perspective on who we think is going to win this game, so we'll make our official picks, watch some film to help us clear up our picks a little bit, and um, yeah, so that's what we got on the show today. So without further ado, uh, let's jump right into our stories of the day. Here we go, Eagles. They got their new head coach, and they hired the Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni. Now, is this a good hire? It's all right. Now, let's see what the Colts did this season. Um, They were pretty decent on offense. Um, Phillip Rivers, a little limited in what he could do, but, you know, the offensive coordinator here had a good running game. I mean, the running game was fantastic, really, throughout the entire season for the Colts. Um, I would say the only real red flag that I saw when we were, you know, breaking down Colts games and watching Colts games this season is they were always real good offensively in the first half of games, but then really kind of like floundered in the second half, got figured out in the second half, started to turn the ball over in the second half. So, you know, him not making defense or making adjustments at halftime in the defense, making better adjustments than he made, little bit of a red flag. So, I, I is this a good hire? I guess it's an all right hire. It's nothing I would would be you know raving over but it's something that I don't think is terrible either so some decent stuff that we saw from the Colts offense good running game Phillip Rivers playing you know pretty much to his maximum potential I mean that's pretty good that these the, that the Colts offensive coordinator was still able to get great production out of Phillip Rivers in his last season so that's a good a good green flag there. But definitely the scoring in the second half wasn't the best. So that's something that we can keep in our eyes on next season when we watch uh, the Eagles play. But Eagles, they got their new head coach. Is he d- better than Doug Peterson? I don't think so. I would have definitely kept Doug Peterson over hiring this guy. But uh, the Eagles are moving on with the new direction. So this is what they feel is right. So we'll definitely uh, keep an eye on them next season. Alrighty, he's back, y'all. He is back in the league. He was out for, what, two weeks? Nothing big. Dwayne Haskins, he's the new member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, folks. We said they were meeting yesterday. They got a deal done, and he's good to go for next season, which is kind of crazy. I don't want to disrespect the man, but he's not great. He's not even really that good. Um, A lot of distractions. I don't care about the distractions part. I mean, I, I feel like people clean up distractions pretty decently. Um... 
So I don't think that's going to be a huge, you know, problem here in Pittsburgh. It's just going to be his play, which is just not good. And, you know, he's going to be a backup. And now they've got Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and Joshua Dobbs. I don't really want any three. I need one of those three quarterbacks to be my backup quarterback, honestly. I don't think they can really get the job done consistently if they needed to be out there. Um, So... I guess congratulations for Dwayne Haskins for finding a new home. That's awesome. But um, I don't know what the Steelers are doing here. I don't know what the plan is after Big Ben. I mean, that's really the biggest issue with the Steelers right now, Big Ben's arm. They've got talented wide receivers who, you know, maybe talk a little bit too much. So that's, you know, another se- separate problem. But, you know, they've got great talent. They, I don't think anybody's doubting the talent that's on the Steelers roster. And, you know, once once Big Ben's out, I don't think Dwayne Haskins can make this team work and Mason Rudolph can't make it work. I'm telling y'all, I really think they really should stick with Joshua Dobbs. Now, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin and the entire coaching staff of the Steelers can watch this man practice on a daily basis. I can't of what I saw with them. He looked decent, but he obviously probably isn't that good if he's not out here. But uh, they, they go with Dwayne Haskins. So I would assume Mason Rudolph is not there next season. Because I, I don't understand why you would have Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins on the same roster at the same time. They're both not good. <laughs> they're both not good quarterbacks that may be able to throw a touchdown, but they're going to come with interceptions, and you're not going to win the game because of that. So, um, I guess congrats to the Steelers. I don't know. I don't know what to say about Dwayne Haskins anymore, folks. The man cannot play. I'm sorry. Alrighty, ooh, this could be big. This could be big. Here we go. Broncos or Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown is a game time decision against the Packers. I'm sure he will fight through the injury. I'm sure he'll be good to go. But this is definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I don't like the Bucks this week anyway. Even if Antonio Brown was playing or not playing, I don't really think it's going to make too much of a difference overall. Uh, but you know, if you're going to bet the Bucks, you know, maybe wait till closer to kickoff to see if he's going to go or not. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to keep this in mind. And the Bucks still have a ton of other wide receiver weapons as well. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it will definitely hurt the uh, the Bucks if he doesn't go. But, uh, you know, they still got other pieces to go around with them. Alrighty, and <laughs> Dan Campbell um, was introduced as the Lions head coach yesterday at his press conference, and this is what I'm saying, man. Like, it's good. The energy is good. The you know the metaphors that he's using, that he was using. If you haven't heard it, I would definitely recommend you know. <laughs> finding the video i've liked it on my twitter page so if you go to takes by fans twitter go to my likes you can find the actual video of what he says all this but you know i don't want my head coach saying this really it's great for a defense side it's great for a defensive coordinator to get everybody riled up and wanting to run through a brick wall but you know uh, the head coach, that's really not his job. And that's, you know, the offensive mindset and defensive mindset are two really totally different mindsets. For the defensive mindset, yes, you have to be riled up because you're go- you, you're lining up to attack on every single play. You're going to hit somebody in the mouth every single play. You have to tackle the ball ca- carrier. You have to tackle the offense. So you have to initiate the contact on defense. So, yes, you have to get everybody riled up. Hey, you know, like the Dan Campbell quote here, we're going to bite a kneecap off. <laughs> and the metaphor that he was using that is, you know, he was like, you know, if the guys get down, we're going to get right back up. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. And if we get knocked down again, we're going to get back up, bite the other kneecap off. And now it's going to be even harder for us to get knocked down. But if we do, we're going to get up again. So it was a kind of real bizarre metaphor that he was going for, biting off kneecaps. Um, but if that gets everybody riled up, I, I, I'm sure. Um But back to like the different, uh, you know, mindsets of offense and defense. Offense is just like, hey. You're more talented than the other guy. 
go and show it. You know, you don't have to go in and initiate contact. So, you know, same thing with like Robert Sala. Dan Campbell is like the epitome of Robert Sala. They are the same. So we'll have to keep an eye on this Lions and Jets team next season because I don't think it's going to work. And this is exactly what he did during the um, the Dolphins uh, press conference when he was introduced as the interim head coach, getting everybody riled up, and that didn't work out. So I love the guy. Don't think he should be a head coach. Great energy. I mean, you need a Dan Campbell in your locker room. Absolutely. He needs a fit in a locker room. I just don't think it's a head coaching job. Um, so, And especially a six-year head coaching job. Jesus. Lions, y'all got to rebuild something. Y'all been trash for a while. You just went. You just had the worst, <laughs> the worst head coaching pick with um, – um, Matt Patricia. I would have chosen Adam Gase over Matt Patricia. That's how much Matt Patricia is really not that good of a head coach. So, um, I obviously wish this man the best of luck. I wish the Lions the best of luck. I wish Matt Stafford the best of luck because this man cannot get a head coach to save his life. Could you imagine if Matt Stafford had like Bill Belichick as his as as his head coach? I think we could be talking about uh, Matt Stafford as the greatest of all time if that was the case. So. Um, we'll see. We'll see what 2022 brings, 2021 season brings. All righty, Bill O'Brien's back coaching, but he's not in the NFL anymore, <laughs> which is pretty funny. But he's going to Alabama to be their offensive coordinator. So that's a little interesting as well. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien, famously known for literally ruining an entire team, just just in four years, well, I think it was there three, four seasons, instantly ruined the team forever. Got out your best player, Deshaun Watson, doesn't even want to be there anymore. You've got no equity. You've got no draft picks. You've ruined the future, and now he's here at Alabama looking to kind of ruin their dynasty as well. So, you know, this is kind of the conspiracy that we're rolling with that uh, uh, Nick Saban, he's planning his exit from Alabama football and he wants the program to go down in flames. So everybody, you know, praises him even more. So I think this could be the last season Nick Saban's coaching. You've heard it here first. So he goes through the season. He hires Bill O'Brien. He he plays one more season, coaches one more season, then he's out. Now everybody's like, who's going to be the head coach? Maybe they elevate Bill O'Brien to head coach. The pro, If that happens, the program will instantly burn and crash and never be good. It will never be a top five school, a power five school ever again if Bill O'Brien takes over. So we got to watch this play out. I think this is the conspiracy, folks. It's Nick Saban's looking for a way out, and he, that's why he hires Bill O'Brien as his offensive coordinator. So um, interesting. I would not do that. I would have Bill O'Brien nowhere near, nowhere near my football organization. Do you hear me? Nowhere near it. Don't even look at it. Don't even be in the same state. I, I think I would have to change teams. If I was the, <laughs> if I was a the coach there at um, Houston, I would have to move states because he's still there. Um, alrighty. This was from two days ago, the Warriors-Spurs game. And, you know, this just goes to speak on that we need to stop clowning Draymond Green. Uh, we get a little clip here. Of him, you know, coaching up um, Wiseman on the floor, just being a good leader, being a good, you know, um, good veteran. And, you know, that's exactly what we want to see from Draymond Green. And does it, uh, is it a coincidence that yesterday's game, Draymond Green gets ejected in the first half and then they lose the game? Is that a coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. So, no Draymond Green slander. He's a huge part of the Warriors. And anytime I get evidence to back it up, I'll show it here. I'll, I'll, I'll die on that take. Draymond Green is a huge part of the Warriors dynasty. Um, Got to stop the clownery with that man. 
Alrighty, and then the um, yeah, kind of last story we have here. Pretty surprising. The Knicks have the number one defense in the NBA. Very, very well done. A lot of young bucks, and you got Tom Thibodeau, fantastic defensive-minded head coach, coached the Bulls for seasons, and uh, you know now he's uh, first season here with the Knicks. Instant turnaround already in the playoffs. Granted, they're the eight, they're the eighth seed in the East, but hey, they're still in the playoffs. What do we got? 14, 15 games into the season, they may be 16 games. I think they're eight and eight actually. So. Uh, New York is holding teams to only 100 and 102 points per game on just 43% shooting from the field. Absolutely perfect. Um, so look out for this Knicks team. This is a dark horse in the East. A lot of young bucks here, and they got a great veteran coach, and they're playing fantastic defense, as you see. And, hey, if you can stop the other team from scoring, they just beat the Warriors yesterday. Very, very good. Um, alrighty. So <clears throat> this isn't uh, the last thing we'll do before we kind of get into all of our topics here. This, um, I finally saw the tweet of the, um, you know, kind of what they do every season. They redesign all the NFL helmets. So we're going to go through here, all 32 teams here, and kind of just pick which one's the best one. We'll go through. Um, you know, evaluate everyone. So kind of the criteria that we're just going to kind of throw out there. It's got to it's got to look good. Obviously, it's got to look clean. I love everything that looks clean. I don't want everything, you know, too busy. If it's looking clean, concise, crisp, love it. Um, so it's got to be clean got to be original we still have to know which team it is so if we're like if we're even taking like two seconds hang out what is this team supposed to be you know we got to instantly say that's not good um it still has to kind of you know um be what the original is but maybe a step uh, a step above an upgraded version and it's just got to look good so we'll go through team by team here and um yeah we'll pick uh, which one is the best redesign of the nfl helmets so here we go. First one. I have not looked at these uh, either, so, you know, new to me. Um, and oh my goodness. All right. I think we got a winner right off the rip. The first one, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Holy cow. A fade to red to black with a giant skull with red eyes in the middle. Absolutely. Holy. I think we have a winner here, folks. Holy cow. This one's beautiful. Damn instantly can tell what it is it's clean i love i absolutely love the transition from light or from black to red the falcons just did it with their new uniforms this season best uniforms in the league i think um so oh i love this one god damn Alrighty, so this one's number one so far damn do they do two different ones they got two different concepts. Well, we're not even going to – I hate oh, – I don't even like this one. Um, it's all right, but uh, this we're going to uh, say that this Bucks one is the official um, entry here. The black and red with the skull, not the one with the ship that's white. Uh, it's all right. It's all right. This one's better, though. So we'll count this one as the Bucks, uh, the Bucks helmet. And we've got that one as our first one. So we'll just kind of compare the next one to the last one. And if we like that one better, then we'll have that as kind of our top. So, so far, the Bucks is the top. So we'll save it here. Ooh, Kansas City Chiefs. Damn. Alrighty, we're going to keep going with um, you know this first one because it looks like they got two different concepts here. So concept one is the one we're going to be judging. Um, alrighty, so kind of similar to what they already have, just kind of darker colors. Uh, great redesign, but I think the Bucks one is a little bit better. Yeah, I think I like the Bucks one a lot better. So um, yeah, Kansas City, not the best. Ooh, the Packers. Damn, these are all looking real good. I love the extra kind of white stripe. They added another green. Um, kind of very similar to their original helmet, just adding that kind of white and green stripe at the bottom. Very, very good. Love the concept, but I do think that Bucks one is a little bit better. 
Although I do love this one. And ooh, that other, the concept too for the Packers is good too. <clears throat> That's pretty good. Uh, but we're still saying that the Bucks is better. Bucks is still the best. Ooh, Jags. And once again, kind of, um, you know, kind of like the original helmet, just kind of a darker color. And once again, we get kind of the fade from black to uh, blue. Absolutely love it. The gold Jaguar. This helmet is looking real good. All these have been damn good so far. I would implement these new helmets for every single team. Wow, damn. Um... Yeah, pretty good. I just think this Bucks one is a little bit better. I'm really digging this Bucks ones, folks. But this Jacksonville one is real good too. It's a little bit too similar uh, to the original Jacksonville Jaguars helmet, so I think that's maybe the reason why uh, we like the Bucks a little bit better. Let's see their concept too. Alrighty, just a bigger Jaguars face on there. It's not a bad helmet, but um, definitely a concept too. <laughs> Alrighty, the Tennessee Titans. Alrighty, absolutely fantastic helmet this is. Um, kind of a white helmet with big old flames coming off the face mask. That's looking real good. Dang. Dang, that's looking real good. Is it better than the Bucks helmet, though? It's damn close, folks. Damn, that's close. Hmm, I love the blue face mask. That's absolutely fantastic. What's their concept two? Their concept two is not bad. Obviously, the concept one is better. Um, I think we're still going to rock with the Bucks helmet being better than the Titans, but I really think Titans is the second best that we've seen so far. This one's fantastic. Um, absolutely. I um, We're going to go with the Bucks. That's better than the Titans, but these helmets need to be implemented. These are all better than the original designs, absolutely, so far. Alrighty, the Colts, not bad as well here. I'm um, kind of going with the Packers kind of design a little bit. Uh, same kind of helmet that the uh, Colts have, but they add these two white stripes. So, great helmet. I don't think it's better than the Bucks one. And I don't really like this concept too. Ooh, that's not that great. Um, alrighty, continuing on. Houston Texans, alrighty. Very similar to what they have, but it looks like they got the horns on each side. So, I think on the other side of the helmet, you'd see the other horn as well. So, Good design, two very kind of similar to what they already have. So I think we're gonna say that the Bucks helmet is a little bit better than the Texans one. Um, ooh, I think I actually like their concept two a little bit better than their concept one here for the Houston Texans helmets. I think I like this one a little bit better. Actual red helmet standing out a little bit more. You got the blue the blue um Texan blue horn, <laughs> um, blue bowl. Is it a bowl? Um, something like that, whatever, whatever their uh, official thing is. But we're saying that the uh, the Bucks one is better. Alrighty, now we get the Patriots. I do not like this at all. Oh, this one. All right, this one. The Patriots. Please don't implement this one. Every other team can, but the Patriots one. I'm not digging. Classic blue on top with the logo of the Patriots, and then this red and white stripe at the end. I get it. It's supposed to be the flag, but it's not coming across good to me. And then, you know, very kind of safe here with their concept, too. Not bad. Not bad. But uh, Bucks is still better. Alrighty, the New York Jets. Alrighty, very green. Don't really like the arrow. That may be the end of the jet tail. Um, but I don't even know if I would have been able to tell this one was the Jets if I didn't see the name at the top. I, w I guess I would because it's green. And that's really it. But I don't like I don't like this one at all. This one's good. Oh, their concept two is better. Damn, their concept two is nice. That's a good one. Um, not better than the not better than the box, but that's a solid helmet right there.
Alrighty, so box is still the top. Um, alrighty, now we get the Dolphins. Mm, yeah, not that great. Kind of similar to what our design is. Um, going from white to, you know, teal. The orange face mask is good, but that's not looking good. No, the Bucks is better. Definitely better. Concept 2, little bit better. Little bit better. Um, the Dolphins, there's something about the shape of the helmet and the Dolphin. It makes it the Dolphin look stupid i don't know it's like the same thing that we've already got but something about it so dolphins I, they may have the worst one so far what the heck is going up with that the jets helmet's better than the dolphins one i think i may like the patriots helmet better than this one not good get it together miami they give this one an a minus mm, i don't know who put me in charge of judging what'd they give this uh, bucks one this better be a plus a a, they give it A. They give this one the A+. Plus. I don't agree. I don't agree. Um, Alrighty, let's move on. So we still got Bucks as the number one helmet. Bills, why'd they give us the front view? Why'd they give us the front view of this Bills one? Damn. Because um, this is looking good. This one's looking real good. If I could see it from the side, it'd probably be even better. But um, I don't know why they showed this one like this. Um, concept two, very, very plain. I don't really like it at all. Uh, concept one is good, but we can't see it from the side view. Truly unfortunate. Um, I want to see the full bowl. I want to see the full bowl. Um, so we're going to have to say that the uh, the Bucks is still the best one. Ooh, this Bengals helmet. Ooh, this one's looking good. Some black and orange stripes. Very clean, very concise. And that is looking real good. I do like this Cincinnati Bengals helmet. Um, Concept 2 doesn't look that great. Now, is this one better than the Bucks helmet? It's close, but I think we're still going to rock with this Bucks helmet. I think this Cincinnati helmet just needed something a little oomph and extra more oomph, but for clean, concise, it's looking real good. Alrighty, so still uh, Bucks. Oh, this Pittsburgh Steelers kind of a blackout helmet. Oh, I love it that the logo is all black as well. That's super clean. You got a nice white uh, silver stripe, a nice yellow stripe as well clean face mask oh does this one is this one better than the box damn that's close concept two is not looking that great concept one i think we may have a new winner here let's quickly side by side view here damn that's so clean oof damn but that black the red transition here on this helmet is absolutely amazing Oh, man. I think we may have a tie. I think we may have a tie. Um, so let's leave both of these up. Maybe we'll get an even better one and it won't even make these two notice. All right. Cleveland Browns, very classic. It's good, but nothing great. So obviously the other two. Ooh, the Ravens. Oh, this is what I'm talking about. Ooh, this purple is looking real nice. A, a giant B on there. And this checkered pattern fading down to the bottom. This one's absolutely great. Wow. I got some good ones here. Damn. Damn. Woof. All right, we got to make a decision. We got to narrow this down to the best one so far. Um, oh, I really love that Baltimore one. I think I think we're going to say the Steelers is the best one. I really like the Bucks, but I really love the blackout of the Steelers logo and this nice or this nice yellow at the base. So let's get rid of this Bucks one and we'll get rid of this Ravens one and now we have the Steelers as our new number 1. I can get behind that. <clears throat> Alrighty, Oakland Raiders, not bad. Very, you know, just black and white. A um, little bit too dull in my opinion. Um, 
their concept two is a little bit better. I do like the spade here with the with the logo on there. Not bad. But um, Steelers one is a little bit better. Broncos very basic orange or yeah orange and blue. Nothing great there. Nothing that's making me go wow. Same thing with Chicago. Oof. Um, trying to copy exactly what the the Broncos did there. Uh, so not great. Um, ooh, I kind of like this one. Their concept two is a little bit better. Um, oh, the Lions. Damn. Oh, pure black helmet with the blue lion coming on the side of it. This one is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Uh, I think this should be implemented as their new helmet. Um, that's real good. I do think I like the Steelers one a little bit better, but I think I may rate this as three. Steelers one, Bucks two. I think Lions, this one would be three. Damn, that's looking real good. And the concept two is not bad either. That's, uh, that's actually real solid. Alrighty, we get another front view here. Absolutely hate it, so we can't really judge it too good. Um, it kind of looks very similar to what they got already for Minnesota. Uh, so we move on. The Giants, alrighty, good helmet here. Kind of the same exact style as the Steelers have, but the Steelers one looks a little bit better. Looks a lot better, honestly. Um, I don't like this Giants helmet at, at all, honestly. Yeah, this one's not looking good. They gave it an A-. minus. Mm -hmm. We'll move on. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, alrighty. They kind of already have something like this with the 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 wings coming off right off, kind of like the temple of the helmet. So solid helmet, but not better than the Steelers. We're moving on. Dallas, um, ugh, same thing with like the Colts. Like I would mistake this for the Colts helmet. Gross. So we're moving on. Um, alrighty. Oh, oh, Washington. Yes, this is the new number one. Yes. Oh, you get the fade. The tra I'm telling y'all, that transition from black to red is looking real nice on uniforms and helmets. I love it. Just kind of, you know, like um, the uh, the feathers of the headdress coming off the temple. So this is still Washington Redskin, so it's still a little offensive. So we may have to knock it down to number two because of that. Um, but dang, is this one better than the Steelers? Damn, I'm really liking that Steelers. But this one is looking real good. It's clean. It's oh, it's so clean. Whereas you know this uh, the Steelers one, you got the big logo and you kind of got you know some big colors here with the yellow clashing with the black. I still like it. Don't get me wrong. It was my number one up until this point. But I think we're gonna move on. I think Washington Redskins. They've got the new number one in my opinion. I love that black to red transition. Damn, that's looking good. All right, Washington is our new number one. Alrighty, let's continue on here. Carolina Panthers, uh, kind of real similar to their helmet already. Mm, yeah, very similar. Mm, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Um, oh, Atlanta looking real good. Kind of the same concept as the Washington one, the Eagles one that we just saw. Just kind of pure red. Um, if they transitioned with some black in it, I think I like it a little bit better. But definitely a solid helmet here. Um, I don't think it's better than the Washington one, so we move on. Saints. Ooh, this is real, real clean. Black helmet, huge Saints logo on the side, uh, gold stripe coming down the middle. Very, very solid helmet. Love it. I uh, don't think it's better than Washington, and I do not like this concept, too, at all. Um, alrighty, the Rams, very kind of similar to what they already have. All yellow helmet, the blue Rams horn on the side. We move on. And this concept, too, is basically exactly like what they have already. 49ers, ooh, kind of basic. Very basic here. Um, yeah, real basic helmet. That's nothing good. Uh, the concept, too, not terrible. 
Um, not great either. Eh, kind of a bummer here. Um, all right, 49ers got nothing good going on. Ooh, Seattle, a lot going on. A lot of blue to green transition. Very light, very loud. I like it. Uh, very solid helmet, but I do think Washington's is a little bit better. Um, I do like the look of it, though. The neon absolutely, uh, you know, splashing off the page. Not bad. Alrighty, let's move on. Ooh, the Cardinals absolutely looking real crisp, clean, just white, all white helmet with the red kind of uh, back of the Cardinal coming off. Um, kind of exactly like Washington's, but I do like Washington's better. Just that transition, folks. Um, let's get it up here. That transition. Oof, clean. Yeah, so love it, but um, do like Washington's better. Moving on, Chargers, uh, kind of basic, clean, nothing great here. We move on. Very, very basic. Is that it? That is it. Alrighty, so I think we're crowning the Washington Redskins helmet here as the best helmet out of there. And I think we then rank the Steelers 1-2, probably Bucks 3. Solid, solid ranking there. So if you want to see the helmets there, they're on my Twitter. We just went through them on the show. Um, but uh, yeah, little, uh, little fun Friday segment there. Alrighty, let's uh, switch over to the NBA. <clears throat> Couple games on last night. Um, our moneymaker didn't do so hot last night. Uh, we only hit one of three, unfortunately. Um, where are we? I like never. Uh, this website's kind of trash, man. Um, Thursday, still not even the games. refresh it so you got to refresh it to get back it's real bizarre um alrighty so either anyway let's start here with uh lakers uh well we let's recap our money maker uh we picked lakers plus one they went outright perfect bingo bango there we're trusting Le lebron james over this bucks team we'll tell you why we don't trust this bucks team when we get to the matchup but uh, we kind of saw it yesterday Pelicans Jazz, ooh, a young Pelicans team. I mean, they were competitive in the first first half. I think they may have been up by like two points at halftime. Real close game. But, you know, kind of a younger squad here in New Orleans, and they squander it. I think we were getting like seven. Were we getting seven with the Pelicans? Four and a half, seven. Either way, they don't cover anyway. They lost by 11. So, didn't hit on that one. And then we chose the Warriors, but we kind of broke our cardinal sin. Back-to-back -back games. Warriors were swallowing four and a half points. They lose outright to the Knicks by 15. So, a um, little bit of a hit there on our money maker not great Alrighty, so let's dive into these games a little bit deeper now lakers bucks lakers getting the win 113 106 and it's just lebron james it's just the better shooting department than the bucks have i mean look at this i mean the bucks have only hit nine threes this game chris middleton did did his part three of six from three put up 20 points that's what we want to see from him but um you know that's the bucks they don't have that great three-point shooting Yes, Giannis is great down in the post, but, you know, having a big man, having a great big man is just, it doesn't win in this league. Why do you think Anthony Davis left to go join LeBron James and won a ring his first year with, Le or was it his second year? No, his first year with LeBron. I mean, because big men can't get it done themselves, you need an outside shooter. You need somebody else to stretch the floor because, you know, if you only got bigs in the fourth quarter, we're going to start clamping down. You're not going to get all the calls that you usually get, and you're already exhausted from driving to the lane the entire game. So you need this three-point shooter, and the Bucks just don't have it like the Lakers do. Um, so as we said, Chris Middleton, 20 points, um, Giannis, 25 points, 12 rebounds. This is classic Giannis, but it doesn't translate to wins. It, and it is truly unfortunate. 
Um, all right, let's uh, go to the Lake, uh, the Lakers here. LeBron, 34 huge points, and he shot 6 of 10 from 3. 6 of 10. He almost outshot the Bucks single-handedly from 3 himself. Bucks hit 9 overall. LeBron hit 6. That's the difference. That's the difference, and we'll, we'll never trust the Bucks. We will, I don't really think the Bucks will ever, ever win a ring. They need another shooter, and they just don't have it. Um, so the Lakers hit 19 threes, if you were wondering. And they also shot 51% from three, which is absolutely fantastic. 19 of 37. Where you look at the Bucks, they go 9 of 28, 32%. Not great. Um, and then you got KCP, 7 of 10. How is this even possible? Having people shoot 60% and 70% from three when they're shooting 10 threes. That's amazing. Um, Anthony Davis, 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists. Very well done. Um, um, what else we got here? Kyle Kuzma not stepping up big, five points. Luckily, Montrose Harold notching in 12 points himself, big man down low. And the Lakers get the win, and it really just came down to the three-point shooting. The Lakers had it. The Lakers have great – well, not, I don't want to say great. They have really, really good three-point shooters. LeBron, Kyle Kuzma, Dennis – yeah, Dennis Schroeder, KCP. They can all hit them. Um, so Alex Caruso hit a three. Markeith Morris hit a three. Wesley Matthews hit two threes. Kyle Kuzma hit one. As we said, KCP hit seven. Marcus All hit one, and LeBron hit six. So, good three-point shooters. Great beef down low. The Lakers are a complete team, and that's why I believe they're number one in the West right now. Alrighty, another matchup, Pelicans and the Jazz, and it's just the Pelicans are a little bit too young. Jazz are a little bit more experienced. We saw their good run in the playoffs last season in the bubble. Uh, Donovan Mitchell still doing Donovan Mitchell things, and we love to see it. 36 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 of 8 from 3, shot 58% from the field throughout the entire game, so really just hitting everything. Rudy Gobert doing classic Rudy Gobert things, 12 points, 11 Evan rebounds, pick and roll by Donovan Mitchell is fantastic. We all know this. Uh, what else do they get here? A very, I mean, they've got the sixth man of the year. Come on, Jordan Clarkson, 19 points, doing very well, coming off the bench, still leading the squad, um, you know, as the starters rest and still being, you know, conducting points out there. So very well done by the Jazz. Um, let's go to the Pelicans now. Why did they lose? What happened here? Zion, 27 points. Brandon Ingram, 23 points. Alonzo Ball, though, only 14 points. Um, we get Eric Bledsoe with only 8. Steven Adams with only 8, but he had 16 rebounds. That's what he does. So they just don't... Um, what do they don't have? They just don't have that big superstar. A lot of role players, as we say. Younger team. They were good in the first half. This was a competitive game in the first half. But, you know, a younger team not playing a full game, uh, full, what is it, 48 minutes. So a little unfortunate here by the Pelicans that they couldn't pull it through. And they kind of get blown out. 11 points. Is that a blowout? Kind of on the verge, I would say. Um, all righty. Uh, yeah, let's move on. So uh, Jazz get the win, 129-118. And then the last game of the night, the Warriors on a back-to-back -back couldn't get it done. As I said, Draymond Green got ejected at halftime, or really one minute left in the second quarter. Uh, the, what was the score? It was 60-55 to 55 at that point, so five-point deficit for the Warriors when he exits at the greatest. 
Um, but just look at this next this next team. Everybody stepping up on the starters. Reggie Bullock, 12 points. Uh, Julius Randle, 16 points, 17 rebounds, 9 assists. Holy cow, that's a great performance. Um, uh, Mitchell Robinson, 18 points, 8 rebounds. R.J. Barrett, 28 points, 5 assists. Alfred Payton, 15 points, 5 assists. So getting great contribution here from the starters. I mean, just look at their plus-minus. Um, the starters plus minus 8, 14, 9, 13, 15. So the starters playing great defense, playing great offense. That's how you win games, folks. <laughs> great defense and great offense. You're going to win. And that's what they're doing here. So love the Knicks. I think they're on like a three-game win streak. They're doing real good. And then you get a solid um, bench contributor, Alex Burks. Alec Burks, 11 points. Um, look at this, Nerlens Noel. Oh, I love this, Nerlens Noel off the bench, eleven rebounds, four offensive, four blocks. That's what I'm talking about. Um, this is a good team, man. Obi Toppin, what do you have? Uh, four rebounds. I think he had a poster in this game. I saw him kind of going around social media a lot. Uh, five points. So I mean, this this is a good team, and they got a good coach. So. I think the Knicks are turning it around, and they, they're going to be contenders here, fighting for that 8th, 7th seed in the East, possibly even higher. Maybe not higher because they don't got that superstar, but, you know, um, you know, you can make bench players work. You know, we saw the Raptors do it. Just not going to win a title. All right, the Warriors. Draymond Green gets ejected, and, at uh, you know, before he did, only three points, eight assists. Not the greatest. Um, playing a little bit of better defense, I would say. Um, Steph Curry, 30 points, leading score uh, for the squad. But uh, Kelly Oubre Jr., only 7 points. Draymond Green, 3 points. Nef definitely needed somebody else to step up here. Andrew Wiggins, 17 points. James Wiseman, 15 points. And the only good contributor from the bench, Eric Poshko with 12. So Warriors on a back-to-back, -back, couldn't get it done. And very, very well done to the Knicks for their lockdown defense. Great shooters. Great young talent here in New York. Um, alrighty, so with all that being said, let's uh, head over to our NBA moneymaker. See if we like anything. A full slate of games on today. Let's see the matchups real quickly. Then we'll look at the lines. Two games postponed. Grizzlies, Blazers. We know the Grizzlies' next, th next three games are postponed. Wizards, Bucks, Wizards, Bucks that's as well postponed. Um, so we get Bulls, Hornets. Two really not great teams. Probably going to stay away from it. Rockets, Pistons. I mean, folks, I'm not taking the Rockets until John Wall gets back. And when John Wall gets back, they may trade Victor Oladipo. So at that point, I would never bet the Rockets for the entire season. Uh, Magic Pacers should be a good one. You know, two good teams in the East fighting for playoff positioning so far. I think the Magic are looking to get into the playoffs. I think they're like the ninth or 10th seed. I know it's still early, but, you know, playoff positioning, you know, get in there when you can. Alrighty, the rematch, Nets-Cavs, oh boy, Kevin Durant I think is a little probable, um, so he may not go, but Kyrie and James Harden should be going. Um, is Colin Sexton going to have another fantastic performance for the Cavs? We'll see how it shakes out. Rematch, Nets losing their first meeting in double overtime. Um, Celtics 76ers, I think this is a rematch too uh, of a back-to-back -back where the 76ers won it. Um, Heat Raptors, uh, this Raptors team's floundering a little bit. Heat's looking good without Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler is out again, I believe, for this game. Hawks, Timberwolves, love the, what the Hawks are doing here. Timberwolves not doing anything well. 
Um, so that's going to be a good one. Mavs, Spurs should be a good one. Mavs are, you know, slowly starting to get there. They had a great game last game. Spurs, not a great game last game, you know, losing by like 21 points against the Warriors. So we'll see how they step it up here. Nuggets, Suns, this is going to be a real good one. This one is actually the night game. It's going to be on ESPN, so this is going to be great. Get to see uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker again versus Jokic and um, Jokic and who's his, uh, who's his Robin? Jokic and Murray. Yeah, Jamal Murray. Um, I always get, you know, Nuggets and Jazz confused because they both got great point cards. Donovan Mitchell. And um, Jamal Murray and, you know, great bigs, Jokic and Rudy Gobert. So I always get those two mixed up. Um, but this is going to be a great game. OKC in the Lakers or in the Clippers. A lot of role players there for the Thunder. Great talent here on the Clippers. I think we like the Clippers. And then uh, Knicks and the Kings and the Knicks are looking good, but they're on a back-to-back. And I'm not going to take the Kings because they are not good. Um, so here we go. Let's get the lines. Anything that we like right off the rip. Bulls, Hornets, Hornets minus three, not going to take that. These are two not great teams, going to stay away from it. Magic in the Pacers, and the Pacers are minus four. That's not bad. Magic plus four seems pretty decent to me. Um, we'll come back to this one maybe if we don't get anything else. <clears throat> Rockets, Pistons, Rockets plus three. I'm not taking the Rockets, folks. Not taking it. Uh, Nets and Cavs, and the Cavs are plus seven and a half. Now, if Kevin Durant doesn't play, I love the Cavs plus seven and a half. If Kevin Durant is going to play, I'm going to stay away from the game because we saw, you know, the Cavs upset the Nets last, uh, you know, two nights ago. So, you know, Kyrie's going to be out on his hair. So, if it's, if it's without Kevin Durant, I'll take the seven and a half, which so far I think he's probable or questionable. So, um, yeah. All right, uh, Celtics and the 76ers, and the Celtics are plus four and a half. Going to be a good one, uh, but Jason, I don't think Jason Tatum's playing, so I'm going to stay away from it. Heat, Raptors, Heat plus three. I'm taking that. Yes, yes, yes. Look, folks, the Heat are fine. They don't need Jimmy Butler. They're still deep. Where the Raptors, they need all their starters to be good, so we're getting three points as well. I will take this. I'll take it. Heat plus three. Love it. Alrighty, Hawks and the Timberwolves. Timberwolves plus six. They are an absolute not good team, folks. So, Hawks swallowing six. It's right on the verge. It's right on the edge for me saying it's a real good pick. If it was minus three, yes. Minus four, yes. Now we're talking about five and six, and it's a little iffy. So, let's skip it. Um, here we go. Mavs, Spurs, Spurs plus two and a half. It's looking pretty decent to me. Um, I think we, let's, uh, see these other ones real quickly. Nuggets, Suns, Suns minus one and a half. This is going to be a good close game. So I'm going to stay away from it because I really think 50, 50 can go either way. And we're seeing, you know, that same thing with Vegas is saying, you know, with, with it only being a point and a half spread. Clippers, Thunder, Clippers minus 13. I love the Clippers to win. I'm not going to swallow 13. And Knicks, Kings, Knicks plus four. And that's real interesting to take. They are on a back-to-back, so I would like to get, you know, that plus four there. But I think we're going to stay away from it. I think we are going to come back to the Spurs plus two and a half. And this will be our moneymaker for today. Heat plus three, Spurs plus two and a half. I think those are probably the two best value games that I'm seeing. So we'll do a two-team moneymaker, try to get it back on track. We had a good moneymaker the other day hitting two of three. Not a good one hitting one of three yesterday. So let's get back on track. Let's get 100% going. And uh, Heat plus three, Spurs plus two and a half. That's our moneymaker for today. 
Alrighty, so let's go to our main topic of today, which is making our official picks for the championship games on Sunday in the NFL. Um, we told you all at the top of the show that, uh, you know, we're feeling very confident on one team, not so confident on the other game. So let's get the game that we're confident of out of the way first in the game that we're very, very confident of. Um, I kind of know, I think I know how this one's going to come out. Um, it's the Packers in the box and it's folks, it's Packers minus three and a half. I absolutely love it. Um, it's just, I can't trust, I can trust Tom Brady because I know he gets it done in the clutch, but I mean, we're talking about 55% completion percentage. That's not good and I did he even throw for 200 yards in any of these playoff games let me double check what was it against the Saints 199 and then what was it last week I think it was under you know um 200 last week as well in the wild card playoffs let me quickly bring up the score was it like 179 let me double check here we go against Washington they get the win they put up 31 points Oh, shoot. He did have... Damn, he had 381 yards? Damn. I don't remember that. Um, but the completion percentage wasn't the greatest. That's the one knock that we have on Tom Brady. The completion percentage when he's barely throwing 50%. And then we get, you know, on the flip side, Aaron Rodgers, 65% all day, looking good. So... Really, I just love Aaron Rodgers better in this game than Tom Brady. It's going to be played in Lambeau. We checked Roto-Wire yesterday. Let's see if anything's changed. We saw last week that uh, that precipitation was creeping up more likely, likely, likely throughout the day or throughout the weekend uh, for, the, for the last Packers game. But it's still right here, 6%. That's what it was yesterday. But it's still going to be very, very cold, 27 degrees. So Tom Brady, aging quarterback, going to get a little frozen, especially if he's going to get knocked around a little bit. It's tough to play in Lambeau, folks. It is truly tough. Um, both these teams have real good running games, um, so I don't think that's going to be too much of a factor. We know the Bucks have a good running defense, and they get carved up by the pass, and that's exactly what Aaron Rodgers wants. Aaron Rodgers wants to be the reason why he wins this game, and this game particularly, because he knows he's going against you know a huge kind of um, competitor in you know the overall greatest of all time category. So you know Aaron Rodgers knows ten years down the line, everybody's going to be talking about this game when you know head-to-head matchups between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers who's better than who Aaron Rodgers knows this game is going to have huge implications in that and whoever wins this game goes on to the Super Bowl and if one of these two teams win the Super Bowl you've got an even better better argument on who's the greatest of all time so I trust Aaron Rodgers a lot better I think I trust the passing defense of the Packers they've got great corners we just saw last week the Packers absolutely shut down the Rams, couldn't do anything. Jared Goff, you know, great completion percentage, 21 of 27, but it was all dink and dunk. We'll give you the dink and dunk. That's fine. And they'll let Tom Brady get the dink and dunk. That will be fine, but they're going to stop everything else. They're not going to let you get points. Um, so Packers minus three and a half. I think they win by 10, two point, you know, kind of a two um, two score win here and you know in when we're talking about conference championships 10 points it's kind of a blowout a little bit so like the Packers here we're gonna swallow this three and a half let's see what the value is for Packers minus nine and a half because I really think the Bucks are not going to be competitive I think it's going to be a real shock I think we're going to be talking about you know Tom Brady you know wanting to hang it up come you know at, come Monday on the show after this game 
Um, so Packers minus nine and a half, plus two thirty-five. Where is this one? Uh, plus two thirty-five. So you throw five hundred on that, and you're walking away with sixteen hundred bucks, a thousand dollars profit, eleven hundred dollars profit. So I can get behind that. Packers minus nine and a half. I just really think when it when it's going to come down to when Tom Brady has to throw the ball. The the Packers are going to lock it up. Great corners, great safeties, good defense overall. They can stop the pass. And Tom Brady throwing a little, some ducks, not being able to kind of clear the ball like down 40 yards back, like with good accuracy. So I really, really, really like the Packers here. Going to roll with Aaron Rodgers. He's looking good all season. Um, so we go the Packers. Alrighty, so that leaves the Bills and Chiefs, and we have to do a little bit more digging on this game because these two teams are so freaking good, so freaking good, good coaches, quarterback, receivers, um, running game is probably the biggest difference between these two teams because we haven't really seen the Bills establish the run in a little bit. We saw them last week against the Ravens. Devin Singletary, 25 yards, seven carries. That's it. The running game got no production. Let's see what they did on their wild card games. I don't think they ran the ball that heavy either. Here we go against the Colts. The Bills had 54 yards rushing by Josh Allen. By Josh Allen. Devin Singletary, once again, three carries, 21 yards. Zach Moss, seven carries, 21 yards. So not establishing the running game is the biggest kind of red flag I have going into this Bills-Chiefs game. Um, the Chiefs, their running game is fine. They've got the players. They've been doing it kind of consistently here. What they do against the Browns last week? Chiefs running game, 78 yards by Darrell Williams. Fantastic. That's what we want to see. So Chiefs have a better running game. The Bills have just been relying on Josh Allen, and I get it. Josh Allen is playing out of his mind this season, so absolutely take that shot if you can. Um, let's quickly look at Josh Allen's um, stats, this, stats this year. Look at all these 70% completions. We're just going to rattle off these completion percentages uh, through his game. So 71%, 68%, 72 70 63 51 That's not great. That's actually real good, and they lost it. That was the Kansas City Chiefs game. A little bit of a red flag. Now the greatest green, you know, if you want to find a silver lining, it was week six. Very a long time ago in the NFL. So we've had a lot of time to get better, and they definitely have gotten better. So not a great game against the Chiefs. 51% completion percentage, but then he's back at 69, 61, 81, 65, 75, 80, 55. Once again, not very great. They still get the win. Um, week 14 against the Steelers, but 55% completion percentage. But, I mean, folks, he's having 80s. He's had two games of 80-plus. Wild. And then he finishes. I mean, look at this stretch. Look at this stretch. The last five games here, 70%, 75, 72, 74, 62. So, really, really being good here down the stretch. These completion percentage numbers are absolutely magnificent, magnificent. Yes, the 50s are not good, but there's two of them. A little bit of outlier games. We can move past them. 
So Josh Allen has proven that he can sling it around and get it done. So I get why you want to be pass happy. I get it. But we're going to have to be a little multifaceted here, especially when you're going on the road, um, you know, trusting Josh Allen in the biggest game of his career. It's one thing to be good in the regular season. It's another thing to be good in the wild card playoffs. But now as you're slowly climbing and getting one game away from the Super Bowl and now facing, you know, the top team in the AFC defending championship, I mean, this is a totally different game. And now the Bills are on the road. They've been at home these last two weeks benefiting from that. Alrighty, so all that talking, let's kind of, you know, watch some film here. We're going to go to the Chiefs-Bills Week 6 matchup, see what they're doing, watch the film a little bit. Are we seeing clear mistakes from the Bills that we know that they've been cleaning it up? Are we seeing clear mistakes from the Chiefs that we know that they've been cleaning it up? Because we've uh, this was week six. We've had, what, 12 other weeks? 12 other weeks to get prepared for this game? To get better? To fix our mistakes? So let's watch this film. Because if we're still seeing mistakes in this game that the teams are still making you know, right now up until this point, like interceptions, fumbles, stuff like that, then that's going to be a red flag for us. So let's watch the tape. See if we see anything, and then we'll make our decision on who we think is going to win the game and then, you know, make our official pick with the spread. So we're going to go kind of uh, kind of decently film-heavy here. We'll break it down by quarter for you. So the first quarter, we're going to watch the Bills in the drive, in the, the Chiefs and the Bills, both touchdown drives in the first quarter. Then we're going to watch the Chiefs um, touchdown drive in the second quarter. Then in the third quarter... Nice little kind of back and forth here. We're going to watch this Bills punting drive. Why did it stall? Then we're going to watch why the Chiefs scored a touchdown. Then we're going to watch why the Bills punted again. Because this is really when the game started to get blown open a little bit. Um, this game was very, very close. Very, very close to being 13-13 at halftime. Unfortunately for the Bills, they missed a field goal. So it's 13-10 at halftime. Then the Chiefs start scoring after the half and the Bills can't keep up. Now we're talking about 23-10 going into the fourth quarter. Um, and that's really when the game's going to get, you know, kind of, you know, out of reach. So this, these two drives here by the Bills in the third quarter are really, really important um, that are really going to tell us why they lost this game because this is when it started to get blown out in the third quarter. So let's start here. We'll cue it up. We're going to start with the Chiefs' first quarter touchdown. We're going to watch the film, see what they're looking like. Are they still looking like it? Can we buy them, etc.? What are they doing well? So here we go. 542 in the first quarter. Let's get this play queued up and we'll start the show. Alrighty, here we go. Chiefs down 3 nothing at this point, starting on their own 25-yard line. All righty. Let's watch the Bills' defense as, as well. I mean, we're not just looking for the offense at this point, folks. We are going to be looking on the defense. What is burning the Bills? Are they be going to be able to stop it this week? Have they been able to stop it, you know, in the playoffs? Have they been able to stop it down the stretch in the season so we can watch the offense and defense as we go through all of these films? Even when the Chiefs are on the defense, we can watch them as well. So here we go. First play, they're just going to hand it off, and this is a big run. Holy cow, 25-yard run there by Clyde Edwards-Halar. And let's quickly watch how many yards he ran for this game. 
Let's go back to the stats real quick. Um, he had 161 rushing yards. Rushing yards. Holy cow. Now, the one silver lining we can say is that the Bills just kind of stopped the run last week against the Ravens, and they had way more running back power than the Chiefs have in this game. So that's a little silver lining. But in a head-to-head matchup, this is what we're seeing. Clyde Edwards-Hilar is ripping off run after run. Look at this. Holy moly. Damn. So the Bills are definitely going to have to clean up the running game against the Chiefs. Alrighty. Huge run there. Over midfield. Second play of the drive. Chiefs run a little play action. Dump it right back down to the running back out of the backfield. Picks up five yards. So this is a good play by the Bills covering all the down the field routes. Just the check down. I mean, you're going to give up the five. It's it's going to happen on, the, on those check downs like that. All right, second and five. Patrick Mahomes, once again, throwing out to the flats and just picks up enough for the first down. So the Bills are taking, you know, the deep balls out of it, leaving the check downs, leaving the run game. Little up-tempo offense here by the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to pass, and it's wide open and down to the 10. Alrighty, so the Bills defense bending right here. Can they lock it up here down in the red zone? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey over the middle, and are they going to rule him down or a touchdown? They say touchdown too big, Travis Kelsey. This is just, I mean, what did we see on this drive? A huge run, couple of flat routes to the running back, another receiver. They're going to the left side, to the right side, to the right side, over the middle. I mean, they, this play calling, these play designs by the Chiefs are, is just great. I mean, they're hitting you everywhere. They're like, oh my God, we just got, got gashed to the right. All right, so let's kind of, you know, run, let's kind of defend heavy uh, like, towards the right side of the field. And the Chiefs come right back, hit them with the left side of the field. So, I mean, they're going from left. All right, we just exposed you to the left. Now we're going to expose you to the right. So, I mean, the Bills are trying to play keep up where the Chiefs are playing one move ahead so real real great offense here easy quick offense that's the biggest green flag about the Chiefs they can score quickly super quickly what was this five plays five plays and they're down touchdown easy money look at this five plays 75 yards two minutes and 37 seconds it's easy it's, it's just too easy Alrighty, but Josh Allen comes back with a touchdown of his own. So this is a big big green flag here. So we can just kind of skip around till we get to this Bills drive. Alrighty, Bills starting on their own 25-yard line. Let's see what's different about this offense and the Chiefs offense. They start with a run, and they got nine big yards. Devin Singletary, how many yards did he have in this Chiefs game? 32. So a third of his yards just came on this one run. <laughs> on this one run. Not, the not the greatest. So good solid run there, nine yards. Josh Allen, second and two. They're going to hand it off again. Picks up about four yards. That's a solid run. Pick up the first down. Let's live for another set of downs.
Handing it off again. All right. Picked up a yard that time. See, just kind of the 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 big differences between the Chiefs and the Bills offense. We're seeing it side by side. Chiefs get a nice explosive run. Then they're going to hit you with a nice explosive pass, another explosive pass, another explosive pass. The Bills are like, all right, let's run. Let's run. All right, let's run. We're setting up this play. We're going to set up this play. We're going to set up this passing play where the Chiefs are like, we're going to just go down and score quickly. All righty. Second and eight. Josh Allen back to pass. Nice little comeback to Stephon Diggs. Now we're going to get a third down. Because it was about two yards short of the first down. So third and two. Josh Allen run to the right. Finds the room and picks it up. Very well done. Josh Allen can run. I don't like him running. He does. He's a little fumble prone as he runs. And he's going to run it again here. Back-to-back -back runs. All right. Trying to catch the Chiefs by surprise. Good yard pickup there. Five yards. Second and five now. A lot of misdirection on this drive. And this is a, a bad thing. This is a bad thing because we've been seeing it a lot here against good teams in key games. So, Sean McDermott, we're on this drive. We got two Josh Allen runs. We got a lot of misdirection. It could go left. It could go right. Um, it went right here. But I don't want to see a lot of trickery. I don't like that by the Bills. We saw it in the playoff game against the Colts. We saw it against the playoff game last year against the Texans. We're seeing it here in a big game. I mean, this was the biggest game at the moment, Chiefs-Bills. Absolutely. Um, all right, so I don't want to see all the trickery. Got to tone that down a little bit. They go right back to the running game. Pick up the first down. Oh, boy, here we go. We're going to get an overthrow by Josh Allen here. Just to find digs. Oh, not even an overthrow. Just a drop. This was beautifully thrown. And this is what we know of Josh Allen. He's got the good deep ball. Does got a good deep ball. And we saw here against the Chiefs. And this is what we're talking about. The Bills, they're like, all right, we're setting it all up for this plate right here. This is the difference between the Bills offense and the Chiefs offense. The Chiefs, they don't have to set up for any special play because they know they have the athletes to rip off any big play where the Bills are like, all right, run to the right with Josh Allen, run to the right with Josh Allen, run again, run again with the running backs. And now since they're all playing up to stop the run, now we hit them with the deep ball over the, uh, over the middle of the field, like eight plays into the drive. We're eight plays into the drive. The Chiefs are already down. They're already good. They already scored the touchdown. We get another run by Josh Allen here. I do not want to see Josh Allen running the ball against the Chiefs. Like, design. Like, obviously, to escape, you know, the pressure, the pocket. I get all that. Then run. But I don't want to see any designed runs because... The only thing that we haven't seen by Josh Allen now, we've seen him clean up his game and get better accuracy, better yards, not turning the ball over as much, but we haven't seen him play a big game, mistake-free big game. This is the biggest game he's played. He's only three seasons into this league. So he may get you know a little little too nervous and fumble the ball, and we have seen him fumble in the playoffs. Um, we're gonna let this play draw, let this play play out, and then we're gonna go to the stats very quickly so we can get back to the film. But against the Colts, Josh Allen one fumble, didn't lose it, but he still fumbled. Not good. And then we get the same thing. I believe last week, I believe he fumbled against the Ravens, didn't lose it, but he still lost it, or he he didn't lose it, but still fumbled. So let me quickly bring this up here against the Ravens. 
Bills, Ravens, Josh Allen. I better not see a one on this fumble column. And I do see, oh, no, no, no. That's uh, the Ravens. Bills, Josh Allen, one fumble. Didn't lose it, but still fumbled. These are two playoff games. Big games, bigger game every week, and he's still fumbling. Luckily, he was able to get both on, uh, get on both of those. So this is why I don't want to see Josh Allen running this week. This is the biggest game. This Chiefs defense, they're ball hawks. They're ball hawks. They got Tyron Matthew. You don't think Tyron Matthew is going to be punching the heck out of the ball if Josh Allen is running it? I can bet, bet, You can better believe he will because that man is fantastic. Um, big, big, uh, Tyron Matthew here. Um, and we're going to get another Josh Allen run. What is this five on the same drive? Let's watch it. Here we go. Josh Allen read option made the wrong choice, <laughs> made the wrong option on the read option. Almost did too much with it. This is another red flag that we have. The only knock on Josh Allen that's consistent from last season to this season is the fumbling and just trying to do too much. Watch the end of this read option play here. Josh Allen knows he's beat. He knows he's beat. So what does he do? He like fake pitches it to somebody holding the ball with two hands like out in front of him, not really taking care of the ball. If this defender is good, he's punching it right on the tip. Look at how he's holding it. He's holding it vertically up. You can easily come out and punch it the nose of the football and it would literally drop right out of his hands. Luckily, Luckily, the defender didn't do that, and he was able to put it to his body at the end of the run, but just doing too much sometimes, fumbling the ball. I don't know if I need to see any more, honestly. I've got all these all these notes and drives to watch, but I think I'm seeing enough here where I'm leading towards Chiefs minus three, and I was at Chiefs plus three before watching this yesterday on the show. This is not good here. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Look at here. Careless with the ball. Careless with the ball. Careless with the ball. What is that? Three solid seconds. Not three solid, but they were going in slow motion. But a solid second and a half, two seconds of not being good with the football. Ugh. Ugh. This is not good. Ugh. Ugh. Let's see how they end here. If I see another Josh Allen run, we'll stop the show right now and take Chiefs minus three and a half. I cannot see another Josh Allen designed run. Alrighty, third and ten here. Now we could get something good because we know this drive ends with the touchdown, and you know, so they have to pick up this third and ten. So here we go, third and ten, on the twenty-eight yard line. Josh Allen absolutely slings this ball, a little inaccurate here, a little overthrown, and they get bailed out by a flag. Ugh, I thought we were gonna get something good, and now we get a bailout by a flag. I hate bailouts by flags, folks. Oh, I absolutely hate the call, too. This is great hand fighting. They get the grab there. I get it. I get it. I get it. Ah, decent call. It's an all right call. I get the call. I don't know if I would have thrown it myself. But bailed out by the penalty. This is not good. At home, too, mind you. At home. At home. The Bills will not be at home this week. Not great. And then we get this touchdown pass. I mean, this is what they bring to the table. This is what Josh Allen can do. This is what Stephon Diggs can do. We've seen this time and time again and time and time and time again this season. Just great hookups. I mean, great accuracy with the ball here. We can see it because it has to be low and away. Stephon Diggs just a little in, then right back out. 
right back out again and just right on the sideline. And look at where that ball is thrown. That's absolutely magnificent. It has to be right there. It has to be right there. And Josh Allen puts it right down the money. We love his accuracy. We love the accuracy. Nobody's doubting the accuracy. We're doubting the runs. We're doubting the fumbles. So this is a fantastic play. Holy moly. Great. I mean, this is why Josh Allen is having great success because Stephon Diggs, he's top three wide receivers in the league. We have to give the man so much credit. Alrighty, so that's the touchdown drive by the Bills. That didn't impress me at all. That's got to be the biggest red flag of a drive I think I've ever seen, honestly. Um, this is not, oof. They're going to have to show us something good, real, real good, real good in these next couple of drives that we're going to watch by the Bills. So this is a huge red flag. We got to put this up. I got to note that down. Huge red flag. All right. Alrighty, let's go back to this, uh, this game. Alrighty, what's next on to watching this film? We got the Chiefs' second quarter touchdown drive. Alrighty. So, <clears throat> they go on this nice little 12-play, 85-yard, six-minute methodical drive. That's what the Chiefs can do. Two minutes, six minutes. They can do it all, folks. Quick, fast, long. Doesn't matter. So, let's watch this touchdown drive by the Chiefs. 11-22 starting in the second quarter. It's actually the very next drive, folks. We've waited three straight touchdown drives. Chiefs, Bills, then back to Chiefs. And the Bills weren't able to keep up with the scoring. That is another kind of red flag and kind of a red flag that we're going to point out. Maybe we point it out right now. Let's just point it out right now since we're talking about it. How do you beat the Chiefs? Well, we know one team has beat the Chiefs so far this season, and it was the Raiders. Now, what did they do this game? They just went out and outscored them 40 points. 40 points. That's how you beat the Chiefs. We're not going to count the Week 17 game because they didn't play that. They Patrick Holmes didn't play, so it doesn't matter. But how you beat the Chiefs, you just have to outscore them, and you just have to kind of out... Um, out to burst them because that's what the Chiefs can do. They can put up so many points very, very quickly. And the Raiders did this perfectly to a T. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Three touchdowns all within the second quarter, all looking real good. So you got to outscore them. And look at this Raiders rushing game against the Chiefs. What happened? The run opened up the pass a little bit. Josh Jacobs, 23 carries, 77 yards. Devontae Booker, 17, or 7 carries, 62 yards. That's something the Bills haven't been able to do this season. So another knock on this Bills team. Not great. We're not looking good here with the Bills. When you, when you watch the film, it's not looking good for the Bills here this week. So here we go. Watch this touchdown drive by the Chiefs. They're down now, 17-7. So very well did Patrick Mahomes leading them back to a lead, like what Josh Allen did, leading to them to a lead with the touchdown. Um, alrighty, so fumble here by the snap. Luckily, the Chiefs were able to fall on it. Lose two yards on the play. Second and 12. Alrighty, here we go. Patrick Mahomes all day to throw, solid three seconds in the pocket, and just once again dumps it down to his check down route for about four yards. Third and sixth now. Can the Bills get off the field? Third down defense, got to get them off the field. They set up a screen, and it gets all the yards and more, about seven yards extra than needed. Truly unfortunate there. Bills couldn't get off the field on third down. You have to get the Chiefs off the field on third down. The only way to beat the Chiefs is to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. That's what you got to do. 
outscore him or keep him off the field. Be the last person with the ball in a 48 to 48 game with a minute left. Try to score that game winning touchdown, game winning field goal, or just keep him off the field. Long drive, seven minute drive, eight minute drives. And if you want to drive seven, eight minutes, what do you have to do? Establish the run. What have the Bills not been doing this playoffs? Establishing the run. Ugh, I want to root for the Bills. I really do because the turnaround the season, the fans have been great. The games have been great. Josh Allen's been playing great. But at the end of the day, I think this may be a little bit of a mismatch here against the Chiefs. We see Patrick Mahomes run it another five yards. Let's also count the third downs. How many third downs have the Bills given up? So, so far we've seen one. So let's mark that. Here we go. Chiefs, they're going to run the ball. And Clyde Edwards-Hilar gets it. Are they going to give him the first down? I would give it to him. Looks like he got it. Running game, picking up five yards, four yards of carry. It's going to gas your defense. And if you have to worry about the run and the pass, especially this passing game by the Chiefs, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. You can't cover the run in the pass. You get Tyreek Hill. He's too fast. A nice little you know, five-yard end around out of the backfield. Another run here, five yards, seven yards, ten yard run. Getting oh my god, this Bills team is getting gashed by the run. Gashed by the run, and I know you know the Bills. The Bills defense kind of took care of the Ravens' offensive running game a little bit, but they still gave up you know over a hundred yards rushing. They just didn't give up points off the rushes because they still. I mean, I think. Um, let me quickly look at this again. Um, yeah, the Ravens Bills. Here it is. I mean, look at this. 42 yards by Gus Edwards, 42 yards by J.K. Dobbins, 34 yards by Lamar Jackson. So the the Ravens still put up the yards. The Bills shut them down a little bit because we know that this Ravens team can explode for like 300 yards rushing by committee. But, you know, if the Chiefs get this type of yardage by their production through running back by committee, it could be good for them. And bad against the Bills, folks. So not great there. Let's keep this drive going here by the Chiefs. Just picking up five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards. Picking up the first downs. That's easy. Bills trying not to get deep, beat deep over the top. So they're letting, you know, the five-yard dinks, the five-yard runs play out. Because they know they have to guard Travis Kelsey. And then they give up another 13-yard run here. Clyde Edwards-Hilar is literally eating this game. Now, he's only eight, like, three games this season. Like, of 100 yards, 90-plus yards. I think it was like week one, this week, and then maybe maybe like week 16, 15, something around there. Alrighty, another five-yard pickup. Second and five on the 10-yard line. Now let's watch this Bills red zone defense. I mean, how did this Bills team beat the Ravens last week? Close game, 10-3. Going or like halfway into the third quarter, eight minutes left into the third quarter, and then they get a break by intercepting in a pick six in the red zone by Lamar Jackson that really totally iced the game. But that was a close game last week against Buffalo. The turnover, and you really can't rely on turnovers. Um, Vegas, if you kind of see what they value a turnover on, they really kind of say it's random, it kind of has no impact. That's why usually when you bet, you know, a 
person throwing an interception or fumbling, it's always at half and not one and a half because they know one is kind of random. It's a random occurrence. There's really no method to it. Now, you can say that the defense played great. Yes, I get it, but it's a random event, a tip, you just being in the right decision at the, or right position at the right time. Vegas values turnovers, interceptions as random events. So, Bills won by a random event. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. Here we go. Once again, a run on third and one. It's a pitch, and it goes in for the score. So, Bill selling out, run up the middle. Pitch to the left. Um, penalty here. Oh, they get the Chiefs with the penalty. So, they scored on third and inches. Let's see what happens here on third and five. Once again, the Bills get bailed out, and they still couldn't do anything with it. We just saw the bailout on offense leading to a touchdown. They get the bailout here, but they're not going to clean it up because we know that the Chiefs still get a touchdown here on this drive. So real, real big red flags here. Oh, my gosh. And then you get this, and then you get this, and then you get this, folks. Oh, my gosh. Travis Kelsey, literally corner of the end zone, and this ball is 1,000% thrown beautifully. I mean, woo! You try to make this throw on Madden, it gets picked all the time because the animation always picks it off. But Patrick Mahomes in real life can make this throw. It's beautifully thrown it's perfect it's Travis Kelsey two feet down all the time no worries there wow damn oh man I know it's week six folks but this 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 is not good here by the bills um all right do we need to see any more folks that's the true question let's watch um all right let's finish it here let's finish it here Let's do um, what we're going to do now. The third quarter, what we're watching here is why did these Bills drive stall? Because this is when the game got completely out of hand. Now we're talking two possessions and two possessions against the Chiefs. It's an instant loss. It's an instant death sentence. So we're going to finish up here. The Bills had two drives in the third quarter. Two drives in the third quarter. And they ate up three minutes. So what does that tell you? We can see it right here. The Chiefs go on long, methodical drives. The touchdown drive by the Chiefs in the third quarter is a 13 play, 87 yards, 7 minutes, and 47 second drive. I mean, folks, the Chiefs are implementing the game plan to, to beat themselves, and they're showing the Bills on what to do. Hey, keep us off the field because we're keeping Josh Allen off the field, and when we keep Josh Allen on the off the field and he can't get into a rhythm, he goes 14 of 27 for 122 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. The one pick came at garbage time, so we'll watch that at the very end. It, it's not going to have a too much of a concern on us for this game, um, but we will still look at it. So let's uh, do these two punting drives in the third quarter. So first one coming at 10 minutes, 29 seconds. We have to see why these drives stalled. Was it the lack of rushing game? Was it Josh Allen being inaccurate this game? We have to get down to the bottom of it because he had 50% completion this game. Not good. So here we go, 10-29. It's 10, it's 13-10, Bill's first drive here. Huge drive to keep up scoring with the Chiefs. So here we go. First play, starting on the, I mean, they got garbage field position here. 13 play, or 13 yard line, they set up a screen. And it gets 13 yards, that's what you want to see. You want to see your screens be good, and usually they are. 
Usually you catch teams by surprise with the screen. You get 5, 7, 10, 13 yards. Josh Allen rolling out to the right. Just has to throw it out of bounds because nothing is there. Second and 10. Josh Allen dumps it off five yards short. And the Chiefs, who is this? Tyron Matthew, ball hawk. I just said it. I just said it earlier in the show. He's a ball hawk. He's not letting you do anything. He'll let you get the five-yard check down, but he's going to tackle you as soon as you touch the ball so you get no extra yards at the catch. And now it brings up the third and six, something the Bills have not been able to do against the Chiefs. That's why the long drives not being able to get you off the field. So concerning here, let's see this third and six play. We just saw two passes by Josh Allen. Third and six here, empty backfield. We're going to get another pass here. Once again, Josh Allen taking the underneath route. It's incomplete right off the rip. Let's see if we get a replay here, if this was on Cole Beasley or Josh Allen. Did Cole Beasley drop this, or did Josh Allen not put this where it needed to be? Too much out in front, so Josh Allen inaccurate here. He's going to have to complete this. He's going to have to pick up the third and shorts. He's going to have to make these plays, because if he hits Cole Beasley... They probably would have picked up enough yards, maybe a yard extra than they needed, but they get three and out. We know the char or the Chiefs go on a touchdown drive here. We're not going to watch it. Um, we know what the Chiefs can do. Let's just quickly read these plays. Let's read the plays here. Um, instead of watching the drive, let's just read them. Um, what did the Bills get beat on here? So here we go. Eight-yard pass by Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Five-yard penalty here. Um, which backs him up. Does that back him up? False start. Yep, so it backs him up. Then they get a 17-yard one. Once again, Clyde Edwards, Halar gashing the Bills' defense. Nine-yard pass. Run for no gain, which brings up third and one. But once again, the Bills can't get off the field on third and one. An eight-yard run by Clyde Edwards, Halar picks up the first down. They're back with an 11-yard run, a five-yard run, a one-yard run, another third down that the Bills cannot get off the field on. Third and four on Buffalo's 28-yard line in the it's a six-yard pass. Another third down. That's three so far. Three crucial third downs. Alrighty, a negative three-yard pass, an eight-yard run. Another third and five. Another third and five. They get a four-yard run. They bring it up on fourth and one, and the Chiefs go for it on fourth and one on the Buffalo's 13-yard line, and it's a run. It's a run up the left side for a touchdown. So Bills, when you get them on third and short, when you get them on fourth and one, they still, I mean, it's tough to cover four straight plays with this Chiefs team because they can pick up 10 yards so easily multiple different ways. Damn, man, the Bills bending, absolutely breaking, breaking on these drives. Not good. Alrighty, so let's watch this Bills, the next drive of the Bills after that huge touchdown drive by the Chiefs. Bills, they cannot go three and out here, but what do they do? They go three and out. Holy moly, unfortunate. So here we go. Alrighty, now down 20 to 10. Bills on the 25 yard line. Let's see what they do here. They try to establish the run. He gets about three yards, maybe. We'll see where they mark it officially. Do they give him that extra yard? Looks like they do. Looks like it's second and seven. No, second and eight. Only give him two yards officially. Not great. Here we go. Back to passing here. Once again, just a check down, and it's a yard short. 
Bringing up third and one, third and manageable, something the Bills couldn't stop. Let's see if the Chiefs defense stops it here. Looks like they're going to bring it down to the two-minute or the fourth quarter. So let's skip, skip, skip. Here we go. Third and one. They try to run it, and the Chiefs defense holds. They force the Bills to three and out. And at this point, oh, hang on, hang on. They go for it on fourth and one. They go for it on fourth and one. Let's see. I think they QB sneak with Josh Allen. The Chiefs. Oh, man. They get the stop. They get the flag. They say it's on uh, the Bills anyway. So if they picked it up, it doesn't matter. Five yards back. They have to punt now. Unfortunate. So they still didn't even get it, even with the penalty. So not great, man. <sighs> Alrighty. We're going to officially... End it here with the interception by Josh Allen. We know it doesn't mean anything, but let's see. Was it a bad read? Was it a bad throw? I do, I do want to know. Uh, so here we go. A minute 20 left in the entire game. Throws the pick. Game's already out of reach. Two possessions. A minute left. Can't do anything. So the pick, you know, no real consequences. But I do want to see what happens here. So we see them down 9. 26-17. They're on their own 23-yard line. Josh Allen drops back to pass. Yeah, just a you know soft floater there, trying to hit Cole Beasley off his back foot, didn't set his feet, and that's what you get underthrown ball. So, I think we've seen enough to make our official pick here for the game. So here it is, here it is, folks. The Bills. A lot of red flags we saw. Not great. Um, the Chiefs can score whenever they want, however they want, running, passing, long drives, short drives, it doesn't matter. Um, the play calling here wasn't the greatest. A lot of lot of misdirection and a lot of run running by Josh Allen. And you know, it's kind of crazy that that was the like the drive that they scored a touchdown on with all the rushes by Josh Allen. And that's not sustainable. That's not sustainable. He'll fumble. Um, he's careless with the ball. I'm sure the Chiefs are honing in on that fact. If they get a turnover, the game's over. The game is over from that point. So I do want to root for the Bills. They do have a chance to pull it out. I'm not saying they have no chance. But what we just saw, it's a little concerning. I get it that it's week six, and they've cleaned up a lot of that. But at the end of the day, it's still stuff that we're seeing here. We're still seeing trick plays. I don't want to see those anymore. We saw them against the Colts. We're still seeing the fumbles. We saw those the last two weeks. He didn't lose them, but he still fumbled. Didn't lose it here. He still fumbled. Or no, he didn't fumble, but he's careless with the ball. Um, the bailout there on that, on that touchdown drive, the basically only touchdown drive that they had all game that was meaningful, bailed out by a penalty, more yards. So with all that being said, our official pick is Chiefs minus three. Chiefs minus three, folks. It's unfortunate. Um, yep, Chiefs minus three, folks. It's it's just it's just too many, too many red flags by the Bills. This Chiefs team, they've been in these situations where they're down. They always overcome in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl defending champions, great offensive minds. So Chiefs minus three is our pick based on the film that we just saw. So our official picks for this weekend, we're swallowing the points and we're going with the home team in both games. Packers minus three and a half, Chiefs minus three, Packers, Chiefs, Super Bowl. We'll have two weeks talking about it, breaking it all down, and we cannot wait for that. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. That's going to do it for us today. 
Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Saturday. Are we going to be on tomorrow? We may not be on tomorrow. Um, follow my Twitter if you want uh, to know. If we do anything, um, it'll be breaking down NBA, maybe a little Saturday showcase, maybe watching Tom Brady of why, why, what is his passing really looking like, maybe break him down a little bit more. So if we do come on the show tomorrow, it will be watching Tom Brady. Um, but follow me on Twitter. If, we, if we're live, we're live at noon, normal time. So, alrighty, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you Sunday, definitely, possibly tomorrow.